Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him this afternoon. We're having a few technical difficulties on location today, but we can handle it. No problem. Just take, it's just going to sound going to be a little bit different today, but we're going to work on it on our next break. But we want to get, make sure we got out. We didn't want Michael Miracle to have to do the show all on his own. But Martha and I take the show on the road again today, but today we're in Naples, Florida, not near as long of a drive. So we're going to be talking to some really incredible people. I can't wait for you to hear the stories we got today. So I've worked construction. In fact, one-fifth of my career has been connected to the construction industry. I've swung a hammer, but most of my time has been on the inside, keeping clean and keeping the insurance and the IT, the HR, and the administrative running smoothly. What I learned was that the inside of the operation was the easy side, the stuff going on out in the field. That was the difficult side, working with the cities and the counties and the planning and the development people. Those were difficult times. Let's put it this way. There's plenty of room for improvement for the behavior that's typically demonstrated out there on the local construction site. But, as you know, people living out their lives in their workplaces with Jesus at the center of their lives, that's what really makes a difference. When you start to see that demonstrated in the construction industry, that's a story we want to tell. So we're telling that right here on I Work For Him today. So, listen, let me just introduce you to two really incredible people. We've got John DeAngelis from DeAngelis Diamond Construction Company, and we're also going to hear from today, who's right alongside us, Mike Opendahl, who's involved with Giant Worldwide. Let's hear how Giant made an impact on John's life and how Mike gets to do this each and every day and other business people. John DeAngelis and Mike Opendahl, welcome to I Work For Him. Thanks, Jim and Martha. Um, Merry Christmas. Thanks for the opportunity to be here today. You bet. And Merry Christmas, Jim and Martha. I really appreciate getting time with you guys today. Yeah, we've never done a show around a speakerphone today, so it'll be a little bit different. So make sure you project a little bit so they can get the signal out there good. We're, we're trying to get the technical stuff doing, but this, they got such high-speed Internet, I think my computers are just freaking out because they got so much high-speed Internet. Why don't you just start off with a little bit of the story. John, how did you become a Christ follower? Sure. Uh, you know, I was uh, born and raised in Morgantown, West Virginia, um, the youngest of five boys in a Catholic family, and um, went through First Communion and uh, all, all of that as, as a little one, and um, always had a Godward orientation. My mom was a, a really a, a solid believer, uh, a, a really a born-again Catholic, and um, and so my brother Rick uh, began going to a Christian Missionary Alliance church. God really awakened his heart and committed his life to Christ. So my mom started taking me as a, a youngster there. And, uh, and when I was 13, I uh, really put my faith and trust in Christ for the first time. I didn't really understand what that meant fully until much later in life. And um, really about 10 years into my marriage uh, to my uh, lovely wife Kelly, did um, did we really fully um, more embrace the lordship um, uh, for Jesus in our lives after we had a uh, few kids and um, and understood what God's word said about being um, a, a, a godly man and woman in a marriage and and how to uh, serve one another. So so talk to me about and I'm just going to ask you to talk a little louder so make sure everybody's hearing you. Talk to me about how, I know you love to talk loud. I can tell you're a nice, soft-spoken guy. How did you end up, a nice, soft-spoken guy like you, end up in the construction business? Because this is a little rough and tumble. Sure. Uh, yeah, well, my father was a, a commercial builder and a developer in Morgantown, and so I kind of 
grew up, uh, you know, sitting on his lap on a uh, on a front end loader uh, as a little kid and watching what he did. And he did uh, well for our family. And so I thought, really, from an early age, and this is what I want to do. And so uh, in high school, I decided this was the path I was going to take. Uh, we had moved to Naples, Florida. Uh, decided to go to school at the uh, University of Florida School of Building Construction. Go Gators! I have to say that contractually. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, that's the color scheme. Yeah, that's the color scheme. Yeah. Uh, so we have a, we're sitting in an orange conference room. We also have a blue conference room. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, it was just, it's, it's one of those things that, um, I, I decided on early on and, uh, have never looked back. <laughs> that's pretty cool. All right. So what kind of work does the Angelus Diamond do? Sure. So it's easier to say what kind of work we don't do. Uh, okay. Probably. All right. There you go. We're in 16 market segments, uh, every, everything from aviation to self-storage. Uh, a lot of our work is senior living and healthcare related. Mm-hmm. But we do faith-based. We do nonprofit, uh, governmental. Um, uh, we do office buildings and, and retirement homes and, uh, you know, neo-NICU intensive care units and uh, you name it. We pretty much do everything we don't do. Um, c- civil, uh, site civil, uh, heavy highway commercial bridge work, uh, but and single family homes. But everything else, we we kind of have a hand in. <laughs> wow, that's quite a, that's a lot of hands in there. All right, so let's just jump over to Mike Opadal here, who is representing Giant Worldwide. And Mike, we're going to go back and forth a lot today on the show, but I really want to hear what you know. Just talking about how did you come to be a Christ follower? Yeah, Jim, uh, I think. Uh, like John, I was raised in, in kind of a, a religious or faith-based home. Um, my mom was raised Catholic, and my dad Lutheran. So um, when we started going to church, we kind of did a bit of both, but ended up at kind of a Lutheran church. And it was actually at a non-denominational Christian school later on in kind of mid, late mid-school, early high school, where um, I started understanding what it meant to truly have faith. Uh, but like John, just, just real candidly, um, it didn't, uh, I've never remembered a time in my life where I didn't think that Jesus Christ was Lord and Savior, sent by God our Father to die for our sins and to save the world. What, what that didn't mean to me was what it meant to surrender my life to Him. So I have kind of a, um, a little bit more of a wayward story, I think, uh, than, than some, but I was in, in college in, at Arizona State in Phoenix for, for five years, and the Lord asked me one day when I was in the mountains, the first time I heard God speak to me, He said, you know what, how's all that working out for you. And that was it. That was the end of the conversation, which doesn't sound like much of a conversation, but it was. Because um, I'd never felt more empty in my life seeking after um, self-indulgence and uh, really trying to figure out what was going to be best for me. It was almost like, uh, remember uh, at the end of Judges, we said, and everyone in those days did was right in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of where I was at. Loved Jesus, uh, always had faith, went to church, did all these uh, nice little check-the-box things, but certainly hadn't surrendered in my life. So um, I spent the rest of, of that, that year and, and the rest, as I say, is history, um, really seeking after, um, seeking the Lord with all of my heart, soul, and strength, and trying to learn how to love my neighbor as myself. All right, so how did you get connected to Giant Worldwide? Yeah, great question. Um, I was a client with John, as a matter of fact, uh, Small World, but um, John and I, both had some connections to the founders of Giant Worldwide, and we ended up at an executive leadership retreat in Atlanta, Georgia, in the fall of 2013. And uh, I kind of, I think, maybe share some of this with some of our clients, but um, as a client of Giant, I had tried everything under the sun. Uh, I had tried uh, Ramsey, Collins, um, Lencioni, all these things, really great people. Some of those guys are good friends of ours. But I had tried to read their material and turn it into content that I could teach to my people. I thought I was serving them and blessing them by 
teaching them these really cool strategies and concepts that really excited me. And they were grateful for the investment, but there was no behavior change. And so what happened was, this is like my own story, but John and I went to this retreat, and I had a bit of a self-awareness experience about my own leadership, um, which is a whole other story. But I went back and started teaching my people the stuff that I was learning through these simple visual tools. And, and what happened was I saw more transformation in six months than I'd seen in the previous four years of, of trying different things. And so um, I, frankly, was a you know, client, and I drank the Kool-Aid, if that's the term people like to use. But the reality was my life was changing. I became a better father, a better husband, and, frankly, a much better business leader as a result. And I said, something's different with these guys. There's something that's just different. So that was kind of my introduction to Giant. Hmm. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, the drink the Kool-Aid. You're too young to even know where that even came from. So, yeah, <laughs> you can't use that unless you saw that on TV. All right. So yeah, it was the history books when you were in high school. God, that was the history books. Okay. So John DeAngelis, talk to me about when you, you know, Every day, you're dealing with customers from all over the country. I mean, you get you get projects all over the place, right? We do. Yeah, we have uh, office. We're licensed in 45 states. Um, work from from Clarion, Pennsylvania, uh, all along the eastern um, uh, United States, uh, all over Florida on both coasts, from the Panhandle to South Beach. So, uh, yeah, we're pretty spread out. We have uh, 67 projects uh, under construction currently, uh, kind of all over the place. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, so when you look at it, well, we just have a few seconds left before we go to break, but when you look at what sets you apart in the construction industry, what, what's one word? You get one word that will say, hey, this was culture. What do you mean? Well, uh, culture is kind of the fabric and soul of an organization, um, and you know our people live out our culture in an authentic way. Uh, we believe uh, sets, sets us apart. Um, culture, we think, trumps vision, trumps strategy. It's kind of the fabric and soul of who we are, our personality. So Very good. Martha, we're on location in Naples, Florida today, but why don't you tell people why we are down here? Well, you know, um, I'm really excited. Tomorrow on the air we're going to have my mom and dad, and um, we're going to be talking about the legacy um, that is a part of our heritage. And um, my dad's birthday is this week, and it's a big milestone, and I'm, he has never been shy to tell people he's going to be 85 years old on Wednesday. And um, hi, Dad and Mom, I know you're listening today and almost every day. And so we were in Fort Myers this weekend with all of my siblings, uh, getting a chance to celebrate together from all over the country. And we thought as long as we're, yeah, as long as we're in Fort Myers, we'll bump down to uh, Naples, where we had already heard about this really incredible company called DeAngelis Diamond Construction. And when you hear about a construction industry leader that is making a huge difference in the industry, and it's all because of his relationship with Jesus Christ, that's a story we want you guys to hear. So we're on location at the national headquarters of DeAngelis Diamond Construction. You guys can check them out online at DeAngelisDiamond.com, DeAngelisDiamond.com. And, of course, we'll have links on our Facebook page later on when we put out, well, it's probably out there already, along with a picture of us in front of the DeAngelis Diamond uh, logo. All right, and we've got John DeAngelis, and we've got Mike Obadal joining us from Giant Worldwide. Giant Worldwide, well, you're going to hear lots about them. Let's get back to John DeAngelis. All right, so, John, your work in the construction industry. I asked you what, what sets you apart in the construction industry. Go ahead, answer that question again. Okay, sure. So, um, so our culture really sets us apart. Um, at the foundation of our culture is our mission, which is what we do every day. 
and why, which is that we develop authentic relationships and have a positive influence on everyone we meet. Um, we, we always say that, hey, we're going to build a relationship, and out of that relationship, this building is going to be built, but we want to focus on the relationship um, uh, above all else. Our core values are our beliefs that drive our behavior. We have seven core values here. Uh, we founded our company on Christian so, values. Let's put yeah. those core values down. Great, sure. So um, faith in God is our first uh, core value. Honor to build is our second. Lasting relationships, healthy environment and culture, leadership, excellence and quality, and integrity. So we bookended our, our seven core values with our faith and our integrity. Integrity to us means having the courage to do what's right in all circumstances, regardless of the outcome. Um, we founded our company, as I said, on Christian values and biblical principles. Um, we um, we wanted to create something that was distinctly different in the construction industry. We wanted to kind of change the change the story. Of, well, isn't just mentioning Jesus actually you know and meaning Jesus? Isn't that just being setting yourself apart in the construction industry? It is, yeah. Because I know they use the word Jesus a lot, but it doesn't really have to do with you know our Savior. Yeah, yeah this is true. Um, you know, we um, we founded our company on, on a couple of verses, uh, Jeremiah 29-11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in the future. And then also Ephesians 3, 20, 21, now to him is able to do immeasurably more than all you ask or imagine according to his powers that work within you, to him be the glory in the church, in Christ Jesus, throughout all generations, forever and ever, amen. And so those verses you'll see on all of our publications, on our walls here, and so we're very uh, upfront about it. Um, we, uh, we tell folks when they come to work here, uh, hey, we want you to change the, the, uh, the reputation of the construction industry. Um, you don't have to be a believer to work here. We have lots of folks that don't share our faith, but they live out our values in an authentic way. And so when we hire, we hire slowly. Uh, we do multiple interviews. We give them a copy of our core values. We say, read over these carefully. If you can live out the fruit of your life, live out these values in an authentic way, you're going to love it here. You're going you're to thrive here. You're going to realize your hopes and dreams. If this is uncomfortable for you, and you'd have to put a lot of filters on your life, if you, if you, uh, you know, Matthew 12, 34, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, if you have an issue with, with foul language or screaming or yelling or anger, you probably aren't going to fit in here. So we, we want to manage to through communication, the tools that we have, not through browbeating and intimidation like old school contractors do. Um, so we're trying to we're trying to change uh, change the culture in the construction industry to develop and multiply leaders that have lives worth following, lives worth imitating, lives worth duplicating, serving leaders, not self-serving leaders. Mm-hmm. So Mike Opadell, with Giant Worldwide, you get to work with leaders like John DeAngelis all the time, right? That's why I do this work. I mean, quite well, amazing. Well, because our vision is to raise up liberators, just a little term we use. It. Liberators. Yes, sir. Okay. Set the captives free, right? We talked about it earlier, but really this idea of finding the person of peace is really our business model. So if you read Matthew 10, you can learn our entire business model right there. So Jesus sent out the disciples in pairs and said, find people of peace and go be with them. Let your peace be on them. So you find a guy like John DeAngelis, and you go, that's a person of peace. That's a man of peace. He's a son, and he's operating that way, not just from his business, but everywhere in his life. And so, quite literally, the reason why I do this work is because I get to meet guys like John and try to help them. So we're trying to, our, we're a Sherpa, and we're looking for liberators like John to but help. You don't, have the, you don't have the towel on your head to be the right kind of Sherpa. I will wear it next time we meet that. Kind of, <laughs> next time we meet, I'll have a Sherpa on. What is the most fun part? Being part of Giant World, Worldwide, as you invest your life into the lives of business owners and leaders, uh, and you guys are really dealing with captains of industry. You're dealing with very large corporations, correct? Yeah, in some cases we are, yeah. It's not 
Um, it's interesting, our metric of success is that word, I'm going to go back to liberation. So some of your audience will be like, man, I'm tired of hearing this word, liberate, liberation. But the reality is we're, we are all about liberation. So it's not about size of companies, it's not about money. Our, our metric of success is how many lives we've liberated. Um, and so in that way, uh, some of these leaders of industry, it's all about liberation. All right, so I, I want to get into more detail, and we'll do that after the bottom of the half hour. But back to you, John DeAngelo. Talk to me about how does your faith impact your project considerations? Mm -hmm. I mean, because you guys are doing projects all across the country, and, and you said 60, 16 different parts of the industry. Right. But there's sometimes, I mean, how, how does your faith impact choosing those projects? Well, I think it's uh, important to note that um, – 85% of our work is, is repeat clients, so they, they tend to uh, you know, use us repeatedly. And then 95% of our work is negotiated, what we call negotiated or partnering, which means that we work closely with them through pre-construction and through construction. And so, um, so right now in the industry, it's such a busy time in the industry. It's kind of an all-you-can-eat buffet out there. And so we can be very particular, uh, and, and all contractors really can be. Um, so our, our faith really impacts... Um, every aspect, not just the kind of projects we pursue. Um, at the beginning of the year, at our partner retreat, uh, we came up with a theme for the year, which is Proverbs 22.3 that says, um, uh, says that a wise man sees danger and takes refuge, but the foolish keep going and suffer for it. Now, that may not sound all that encouraging to you, but it, for us it was very instructive, as all of God's Word is, and uh, it allowed us to come up with, in the beginning of 2017, some, some real specific pursuit parameters um, so that we have seven pursuit parameters where we uh, will look at a project, all the different team leads can, can review and see if it's a project that we want to pursue. Does it fit in with our core values? Does it fit in with our mission? Um, does the, is the project going to move us closer to our goals or potentially pull us uh, back on our goals? Is the client someone that we want to work with for an extended period of time? And so, um, so, so again, God's Word has really uh, been integral in every part and every aspect of our business. Uh, so 20, Proverbs 22.3, uh, we will look at something. If we see danger, we're going to back away. We're going to take... Do so you say no to something? We say no to a lot. We say more no than we say yes, for sure. And I know you've got a staff of 180-plus people, so it's not just you, but you and... It's David Diamond, right? That's right. So you and David, uh, as partners, I mean, it, sometimes it's when, when... Okay, so you've been doing this for a long time. When, when life got tough in the... 08 and 09 and 2010, 11, 12, 13, and 14, when things were ugly everywhere but maybe in Texas, yeah. saying no was a lot harder then than saying no today. Yeah, well, we, you know, we discovered that sometimes the most profitable job we do is the one we don't do. So we... we <laughs> Wait a minute. Ah, you lost some people there. Yeah. Explain that, because I understand what you mean, but not everybody understands that. Yeah, well, I mean, if, you, if, if we pursue uh, work for the wrong reasons, if we pursue work with the wrong clients in the wrong market seg sectors, wrong locations, for too far away from a, an office uh, where we can't serve and our, our team members have to um, be away from their families for too long, healthy environment and culture, having a healthy balancing work and family is super important to us as a company. So um, we, we burn out people and, and uh, we end up losing money. We have four company objectives, overarching objective objectives. If you were to boil down our mission or values to four things, it would be this, honor God in all that we do, grow profitably. We are a for-profit company. We want to uh, achieve our clients' goals with excellence and quality and want to develop people who do things right and do the right things. So, uh, so in, the, in the lean years, we, had to, we literally had to lay off half of our, our staff. Our, our, our backlog went from $330 million to $30 million overnight 
seemingly, literally a, uh, like the water uh, faucet shut off. Um, so we had to make some really tough choices. Um, so it was re extra important to, to, to work on the projects that were going to yield um, fruit. How many of those people that you had to lay off during the Great Recession were you able to bring back when life got good? Almost all of them. Really? Uh, almost all of them, the ones, you know, some of them had moved away into other industries, but the ones that, that were still available, we were able to um, bring back. And, and now, you know, uh, hiring is a, you know, it's a challenge. So, yeah, it is a challenge because a lot of people that were good in your industry moved to places where there was work. That's right. Yeah, no, there wasn't work in Florida for a lot of years. Yeah, yeah they, they changed careers altogether. <laughs> On location in Naples, Florida, doing it differently remotely today from a speakerphone, so I apologize for a little bit different in the tone, but it, the conversation is just as intriguing as always as we talk today with John DeAngelis from DeAngelis Diamond Construction and Mike Opadal from Giant Worldwide. Now, Mike, what is the website for Giant Worldwide? Yeah, it's just giantworldwide.com. That's pretty simple. So yeah. giantworldwide.com. <laughs> so who would be, you've got people that you meet with, what's your territory? Uh, we're global. No, but for you, like we're, we're broadcasting from Naples. The business owners, leaders that you're helping through Giant Worldwide, where are they located? They're global. They're global. Uh, yes, sir. So you, because you're doing it digitally and meeting biweekly over the absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Doesn't matter where they are. Yeah. So our, our business model is basically an associate or a consultant model where we equip folks to use this platform to do the work that they want to do. And so um, we have we've trained over 157. And we have about a little over 100 active in nine countries. Wow, that's incredible. 100 actors in nine countries. I love that. Okay, so who's the perfect leader to be part of what you guys are doing at Giant Worldwide? Um, honestly, a leader who is for the people they lead, not for themselves or against people. And that sounds like you might go, oh, everybody, but you might be surprised. I think it's not for everybody. If people don't believe that they want to be for and fight for the highest possible good in the lives of those they lead, they're, they're probably not. I'm not saying that, that there's not a way you, they couldn't be helped or served. But you really have to want to be for others, not for yourself, to enjoy what we teach in principles. Okay, John DeAngelis, talk to me about the impact that uh, you, Giant has had on you. You said it's only been three years you've been involved, but how how's that impact been on you? Yeah, um, well, you know, I was in XCOR with Mike, as he, as he mentioned, sort of the executive leadership training uh, weekend that we did. And, um, and since then, uh, I've been through XCOR 1, XCOR 2, and core groups and we had some giant days where they come in and actually uh, work with our team here. Um, I think that uh, the giant has been one of the, one of the single most significant uh, things that have accelerated our culture here at D'Angelo Simon. I had mentioned that you know, we have an innovative and a collaborative culture, one that's uh, built on these values um, and mission, but uh, giant really speaks uh, a language that we could all kind of uh, rally around and uh, has these tools that we've been able to implement in, in our company. So currently, they have a program called Accelerate that we have um, a dozen leaders going through. And uh, this is a monthly meeting and then uh, core groups and, and, I'll, and Mike can, can articulate uh, uh, the details of Accelerate better than, better than I can. But, um, but really, um, the vocabulary has helped tremendously, um, fighting for each other's highest possible good, uh, you know, uh, s speaking truth and love, the tools that, that they've been able to share with us as far as go to the source, you know, if you have an issue, go right to that person, don't go to the third uh, Things that, that are so intuitive, but um, 
but when you have a simple tool that you can meet with folks and chat about, um, it, it really gives, um, gives feet to, to, uh, to the words and we're able to, um, to really implement those things on a daily basis. So it sounds like when this is more than just you as a leader learning something and then you're trying to implement. You've actually had their help okay. coming in and working with your people so that it becomes a vocabulary for everybody. Is oh, that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, you bet. Yeah, and they and they uh, certainly can can work in any number of um, uh, mediums and and uh, a number of different. Uh, ways, but for us, yeah, we've had giant days where they come in and meet with a whole company. We meet with just our team leaders, our executive team, um, and then um, and then we have this again, this accelerate program, which is a year-long program uh, that uh, is really going to to help us multiply leaders uh, that are liberating, serving leaders. Uh, so it's been terrific. All right, so let's just talk about going back to your faith. And, uh, and how it impacts what you do each and every day. Because at, at the Angelus Diamond, that's one of the things that you really, I mean, it, it says right in your core values. I mean, it's one of, the, one of the things that you really want to honor God. Um, you know, faith in God is one of the core values, your core beliefs that you operate by. Faith in God, honor to build, having lasting relationships, excellence and quality, leadership, integrity, healthy environment and culture. Those things are things that you're living by. How has your faith in Jesus Christ impacted your management style? Yeah, so I think that it's impacted every every aspect um, of of my life. Uh, so um, leadership, uh, first of all, I think we we one of the things we always talk about around here is that uh, leadership is not position. It, it, that's bossing. It's not it's not control. That's dictatorship. It's not management. Uh, leadership is influence. Jay Walls, Jay Oswald Sanders. We implemented that definition into our core values over 21 years ago. And so, because leadership is influence, we have to understand um, how do you become a person of influence. And and so, developing uh, authentic relationships uh, based on trust. How do you do that? Well, uh, you live authentically. Uh, your actions, your convictions, your beliefs, and your behavior are in alignment over an extended period of time, and then, and then you, you know, when you're walking, your talk are the same. Over an extended period of time, people will will trust you, and and so, um, you know, our my faith drives everything that I do, and uh, and so, uh, it, it is the foundation and the lens through which we, I personally, and we, the leaders of the company, view. Uh, our business and and uh, the people that work here and our clients, our industry and our community. Do you give people permission to call you out and they say, "Hey, that's not consistent with your core values," or "Hey, you said you're a Christian. I'm not sure that really you know resonates with this Christian thing." I tell them that during onboarding, we have orientation for three days. Uh, uh, everyone goes through in the company, and I tell them right up front, "We put this out there." For accountability, we want you to hold us accountable to what we are saying we believe, and so absolutely, we want people to to, to come to us and say, "Hey, this is happening. Do you know this is happening? This isn't, uh, you know, something that may that you uh, would say meets uh, agrees with your core values." We we want to know about that, and and we want to be held accountable to that. Absolutely. But does anybody, okay? So you're telling them that. Does anybody ever called you out? Um, I would say uh, that there have been a couple of times when people have pointed things out, uh, maybe not to me personally, but about something that was happening that uh, in the company that that I didn't know about. And so, yeah, absolutely, uh, we that that has happened uh, on occasion where someone will say, "Hey, do you know this is happening?" No, but we're gonna we're gonna take care of it. That's not in alignment with our core values, and so we want to. Hmm. to you know. 
So when you look at your employees, if you've got so many of them, I know not all of them report to you. You've got lots of layers of management, I'm sure. When you look at you treating your customers here in the construction, your customers, your employees here in the construction industry versus how the typical general contractor treats their customers, how, how do you think your faith has caused you to treat them differently? I mean, giving them permission to call you out is one thing. That's fantastic. But how else do you think your faith has changed how you treat your employees? I think everybody wants to know that even the person at the top reports to somebody. You know, I, I think that that, that that is a liberating thing for even the team members that, that you work with. Whether they share your faith or not, whether they believe in God or not, they, I think they, they want to know that, that you're answering to somebody, you know? And so, um, so for us, we want this to be the, the, the greatest work experience that our team members can have. So we have a very robust benefits package. We give them a lot of time off. You know, our, our core value of healthy environment and culture is, is very significant to us. So I, again, uh, during onboarding, I tell everyone, look, if you are, have a family, if you have little ones, and, uh, and your son or daughter it has a, a Thanksgiving parade where they're dressing up like a pilgrim, don't miss it. Like, work is going to be there tomorrow. We're all cloud-based. We're using, you know, we're all mobile. Um, we want you to not look back and regret it. This, I tell everybody, this is not the most important thing. Your, your family, your ministry, whatever it is, this is, that is the most important thing. This is a means to an end. This is not the end goal. That's the way it is for me, and we expect that it's going to be that way for our team members. So a healthy balance between work and family is, is super important, and I believe that, that, that the gospel speaks to that. As Mike Opadell, you said earlier, you're trying to teach people, you're trying to raise up leaders who will bring freedom to the workplace. Explain that concept. Yeah, Jim, I think, I mean, the reality is, is a verse that you've quoted often uh, here today, Jesus came and said, and said, today I have fulfilled the scripture in your, in your hearing. You said, I've come to set the captives free, which is actually prophesied by Isaiah many, many years before Jesus was here. And the reality is, it's just this idea of people are living in bondage. We realize that most leadership, guys, is accidental in nature. It's not intentional. We're trying to help people understand who they are, who they've been made to be, and then help them make intentional choices and create environments that empower people and create opportunity and freedom for them. Hmm. Okay. And that's what Giant Worldwide is doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. That's, okay. that's, that's exactly what I did. I can attest to that. <laughs> yeah, they're doing it. All right. So, John DeAngelis, here's the question. Okay. You're a busy executive. You've got a partnership that's been around for it's, it's 21 years, right? 21 years. Okay. I'm trying to look at my notes. 21 years. You've got, I think you said you had... Three kids, four grandkids going on? I have five kids. Five kids, sorry. Almost five kids. Four Almost four grandkids. That's a, I, well, there's lots of numbers. Unborn. Lots of people all over the place. Preborn. That's right. Okay, so how have you kept your job and work from interfering with your marriage and your family relationships? Yeah, well, um, I think that um, having a great marriage has been one of those things founded. Uh, you know, our marriage is, is um, my wife Kelly is my best friend, and, uh, and we... Um, have been very blessed uh, to uh, to have a really wonderful partnership in Christ. Uh, Christ is certainly the, the center of our marriage. And um, early on, uh, I was able to even before we started this company, I, I um, set up some non-negotiables. Okay, so uh, to try to maintain some balance because uh, oh, cool. you know, it, no, no matter how many hours in a day you work, you will you will fill up those hours with work. So if you decide hey, I'm going to work 10 hours a day, or I'm going to work eight or 12. Work will expand to the number of hours that you give it. So, uh, so, so we, uh, I, I would say, hey, look, I am going to uh, go home at six o'clock, and I'm, uh, I'm not going to, uh, to work on weekends, 
And that has been the case, uh, you know, for tw for 21 and a half years, some non-negotiables to, to make sure that I don't miss, you know, my, my kids' play or I, I don't miss a date night with my wife that we had planned uh, on a Thursday night. So uh, setting up some non-negotiables, I, I believe, is, is uh, God-honoring and uh, is extremely important to maintaining that healthy balance. I love the date night. You mentioned date night, so that's an important night. Kelly doesn't ever let you off. You got date night every week. Thursday night, I don't want off. Yeah, that is my. That is the. You know, with, we have we have little kids and grown kids, and uh, and so we um, every Thursday night we we plan on a date night, and that is our time that we know that hey, I need to share this. I need to bring this up. Whatever the case may be, Thursday night will be the night, and uh, try to make some notes to to do that. And uh, dinner and a movie. That's our date night. <laughs> We're, uh, well, that's great. Okay. So how are you keeping your faith fresh? Because each and every day, you start off the day, there's always lots of, I'm sure there's mounting things all the time. How do you keep your faith fresh each and every day before you walk in here? Yeah, so uh, Scripture talks about uh, uh, Matthew, uh, Jesus, uh, those nine words, early in the morning while it was still dark, you know, Jesus prayed. So uh, I literally roll out of my bed on my knees and I just commit the day to the Lord. And, uh, and then I do some quiet time, um, uh, Scripture and, and uh, devotional. Uh, spiritual disciplines, you know, prayer, fasting, uh, scripture memorization. I think scripture memorization is really one of the spiritual disciplines that, that is, is really neglected. And uh, I think that one of the most important spiritual disciplines, because Hebrews 4, 12 talks about it's, it's our offensive weapon, right? It's the sword of the spirit is scripture, able to divide uh, joint marrow, soul, and spirit, judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. So, so um, you, know, you can go in with the full armor of God, which I do when I drive to work in the morning. I literally speak out loud. Uh, God, I'm putting on your full armor today. I put on my helmet of salvation. Thanks for saving me. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. God, I'm going to be a man of righteousness today. I'm going to take up the shield of faith. God, I'm going to block the flaming arrows of the enemy today. Uh, and, and I just pray for everybody here on the way to work. And, you know, this until, if and until God sends us into the mission field, my wife and I, um, you know, this is, this is the orphanage that I work at. And God, there are, there are people that God has yet to adopt here. And so, uh, but the sword of the spirit is our only offensive weapon. And, uh, memorizing scripture, uh, taking up that sword and hiding God's word in, in our heart, Psalm 1, 1911, uh, in your word in my heart, so that I may not sin against you. So that's significant. So let me ask you a question about that, because a lot of our listeners may be hearing you say that and going, well, that sounds great, but I have no idea how to do that. Did, yeah. Do you um, just pray over what verses to memorize, or do you have somebody that challenges you with that, or do you have a, a book you use? I just want to know. Great question, Martha. I mean, the Bible, obviously. Yeah, you know, help. you know what? I will. Um, I'll read um, through Proverbs, thirty-one Proverbs. I'll read a proverb a day, and and then a chapter. Uh, you know, a reading plan, uh, which you can get on, you know, you uh, you version or um, you know any kind of Bible app, um, but. Um, there's an app that is really, really has been beneficial to me called Fighterverse. And Fight, Fighterverse, Fighter, like you're right? Fighter, okay, Fighterverse, and uh, and it will help you memorize scripture. You can pick the scripture, or you can you can allow it to pick it for you, and then it will reveal words. And so really, I, um, I will I will find a verse, let's say uh, a proverb uh, that that really spoke to me, and I'll say, you know what, I need to hide that in my heart because that can be beneficial to me. And so many times during the day, the Lord will bring that verse up, and, and it will be a sword uh, during the day. So I'll just I'll just commit, I'll just work on it and work on it until I've committed to memory. Then I'll go back and I'll continue to think through that to make sure that I do in fact have it committed to memory. That's great. And then use it on a practical basis with a team member or with 
uh, you know, an issue uh, with a partner, whatever, then, uh, you know, it helps really seal that. Now, Mike Opadol with Giant Worldwide, I imagine that not all your clients are as uh, directed in a mindset like uh, John DeAngelis. But you'd like to have them get there, right? You can't shake your head around the radio. you got to actually say something. <laughs> yes, Jim. No, um, no, truthfully, Jim, I mean, the reality is, no. Uh, John's actually kind of unique and an anomaly. The heart of John is probably um, consistent, but um, the intentionality is, is not quite there. So uh, our thing is this. Everybody's on this path to uh, adopt their leadership as influence right. in whatever they're doing, right? So we're just trying to meet people where they're at on that journey and help them go to the next level of freedom. So, no, not everyone you know, has a memory and fighter verse and all that kind of stuff, but we, we have folks who are completely unfaith, but they've got this seed of truth in them. Because here's the deal. You can not dispute truth. You can reject it, but you can't dispute it. Right. So we give people a bunch of truth, and they have to decide for themselves, am I going to receive that truth or reject it? More often than not, they're receiving that, so they're going to the next level of transformation and liberation for them. And truth is like one of those seeds. It, it falls on soil, and, and sometimes it germinates later. It's, it's, not, it's not always – it may be initially rejected, but internally it still plants a little bit. Well, let me speak to that because I'm thinking about our listeners and thinking about the fact that something that you guys have said, whether it's about scripture memorization, a priority list for your marriage, you know, thinking of your workplace filled with orphanages that yet – need to be adopted by our Heavenly Father. You know, those are all concepts that you don't, we don't know what is impacting somebody that's listening today, but that is our prayer, that you are being, everyone is being challenged and said, what can I do differently in my workplace and in the place where God has me surrounded by people that I love to make his kingdom come? All right, I got my last question for you. The blockbuster question. Okay. Uh, you guys have had this 21-year partnership, yep. Angela's Diamond Construction. You're living on, on biblical principles. You're promoting a biblical worldview. Okay, but someday you're going to want to retire. What are you doing now to build that perpetuation plan so that when you decide that God called you to the second half of life to do something different? Yeah. And, and that may be that you're just doing this forever, but how do you make sure that this perpetuates the way you've laid it out? Yeah, well, I think the first thing that we have to realize is it's 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 not up to us. Um, you know, salvation belongs to the Lord, and and so we do um, we do try to raise up these liberating leaders, like Mike talked about, serving leaders that that fight for each other's highest possible good. But um, we we hire culture is the, the first thing. So instead of um, hiring people that have great skills. Uh, and then hope that through the process of immersion or osmosis, they absorb our DNA and our culture. We, we don't. We don't do that. We used to do that. We stopped doing that years ago. Um, so now we hire folks that match our culture. We get 95% of successful leader selections culture alignment. So um, so we use the you know the Peter Drucker uh, analogy um, that uh, the quality of character doesn't make the leader, but it's absence flaws the entire process. So the iceberg. You know, 90% character, 10% skills. You can teach skills. You can't, can't teach character. But are you ready? I mean, are you, are you, and we're not ready. We're not ready. Not ready yet, but you're working on it. We are working on it. And, but, but, again, it's not up to us. It's not if we don't, God won't. It's, it's really going to be a process of, of intentionality, uh, apprenticing, mentoring, and, and raising up. We have some fantastic leaders here that share our vision. John DeAngelis with DeAngelis Diamond Constructed. Thanks for hosting us here today in Naples, Florida, and I work for Appreciate it. Thanks. Merry Christmas. Mike Opadol with Giant Worldwide. Thanks for being here and joining us, giving us a little picture of Giant Worldwide. Appreciate it, Mike. Absolutely, yes. All right, Martha, we're done. I mean, it's amazing. It's gone really fast. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace is our mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I 
Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iWorkForHim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at iWorkForHim to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at iWorkForHim and online iWorkForHim.com. I work the number four, him.com.